1: through interviews with leading professionals, and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey, this is Jamie.
0: And this is Danielle.
1: And welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast, Episode 60 otherwise known as the day after Halloween.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're a little hyper. No, I'm not. It's all the candy, all the
1: candy. I love, I love Halloween. I, I don't know. I get really excited about it. It's cute. Do you like Halloween?
0: I personally am not a Halloween person. Like I never liked it as a child, just wasn't into it. But my son starts talking about it so far in advance that I kind of am a little bit more excited. I love seeing How into it he is. What was he this year? Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon.
1: Oh, that's so cute.
0: That is his current favorite movie series. And they just released the trailer for the third one that's coming out in February. That's pretty much all we do is watch the trailer for that. So he's (laughs) pretty obsessed. It's super cute. What were
1: your boys? So my oldest was a Pokemon. He was Charizard for all the Pokemon fans out there. And you're going to be shocked by this. My little one is a T-Rex. Can you believe that? I know. (laughs) I know. I was shocked when he asked for it because he's never really, I mean, he likes dinosaurs, but it's never been like an obsession. And there's so many other things that he likes. And I was floored. I was like, yeah, I'll get you that. And it's nice because, you know, in the Northeast, it can get quite cold. So both of them have like these, had these like super snuggly like sweatshirt material. You know what I mean? Like over
0: their clothes. So everyone was nice and warm. That's awesome. So it's me. So we have to go down this road. Do you steal any of their candy? I mean, all of it. Okay, you what's know, your favorite? So, well, obviously my favorite is anything with the peanut
1: butter, but because my older son has nut allergies, we tend to not even accept it. But sometimes we get a rogue Reese's that like goes in the bag, and um I won't lie to you. I I eat that after he goes to bed. <laughs> well, it's to keep him safe. You know, it's, it's really you know, for the greater good. It's for the yeah, greater good. That's how, amazing. How
0: about you? I eat just about any candy. Um I was trying to think of which ones I like to steal the most. I really like, okay, I'm going to show my true old lady colors right now. I really like Tootsie Rolls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the candies my older son can eat. So I can't steal I love that one. Em. They're good.
0: I love Tootsie Rolls so much. And um, so I'm always ripping off the Tootsie Rolls because he's just like, yeah. Where's the other stuff? My son really is in. um, And I'm convinced all kids go through the stage, like the sour gummy candy oh, so stage. And I remember when my stepkids went through that, it was like anything like those the warheads like all the crazy like as sour as it could get they were into it but so he's in that kind of stage so I'm just like I'm gonna slip out these chocolate candies and these tootsie rolls here look baby there's some sour patch kids yay (laughs) because (laughs) you're picking the good ones the sour candy is disgusting I don't mind it like I like it it's not my favorite I mean for non-chocolate candy I'd say I would cuz I have them all ranked. Everybody knows that. Obviously. I would lean more towards sweetish Swedish fish. Me too. And Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers. Did you know they make chocolate-covered Swedish fish? What? Yeah, it's a thing. You can Wait. get it like in the in the bulk bins at certain candy stores. I got some this weekend cuz my son does actually really like those. And he's like, "Mommy, I want some more of those chocolate-covered red fish. I'm like I don't have any more, <sighs> Mommy ate them. Sorry."
1: <laughs> oh my god, that sounds unbelievable. They're good. Do you, do you know what I think is really funny? Like our voices got really quiet when we started to talk about the candy because we take it serious. serious. (laughs) (laughs) We're normally so loud. And I was like, Danielle, what is your favorite candy? And you're like, let me think quietly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Let me go through the rankings in my head. And I, everyone knows they're very, very serious.
1: (laughs) I I need to, I need to find these chocolate covered Swedish fish.
0: Yeah. we maybe i'll of- find some and bring them with yes. me to oh, california when yes. i see you
1: please yeah. that would be amazing we get a lot of lollipops i don't i just my kids don't like lollipops which i'm actually really happy about i don't like lollipops they're so anticlimactic and boring my kid loves them my kid- loves
0: like dum-dums is that what you mean is that what you get a lot yeah, of a tootsie
1: pops too
0: Oh, no, I take those because there's a Tootsie Roll inside of and I course. just deal with the candy around it.
1: <laughs> I just, it's so funny. Like my little one, I'll take like two licks and he's like, nope, I'm done. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not sad about it, but we get a lot of lollipops. Yeah. I don't know. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Should we? I feel like we need to talk about our guests today.
0: Oh, yeah, We're, that's right. This is not the candy episode. Yeah, as much by as the we way. want it to be. Today, we, we need I, to do a candy episode. Oh,
1: that's a good idea. <laughs> Note to self. Note to Don. Remind us to do a candy episode. I um he he's laughing so hard at us. Actually, not with us, but at us
0: right now. <laughs> it's real.
1: Today we're. Ta- I'm excited because we are talking to Sylvia Inks, who is a financial planner and coach for entrepreneurs, which is a topic that not a lot of people talk about or deal with, and I think it's really important. She's the founder of SMI Financial Coaching and the author of bestseller, Small Business Finance for the Busy Entrepreneur, Blueprint for Building a Solid Profitable Business. She's passionate about helping small business owners survive and thrive even without a business or accounting degree. She helps entrepreneurs become confident by learning the business and financial skills to succeed and business. Um, She's going to give us some amazing tips. So I am very excited and we are going to start our interview. I am so excited to be here today with Sylvia Inks. Sylvia, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me.
1: Sylvia, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you work? So I'm a small business
2: finance coach. I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I do virtual coaching for any any small business owner around the country. And I have been doing this for almost
1: almost three years now. Sylvia, you were like an angel from above when I found out that there is someone like you who does this kind of work. <laughs> Oh, thank you. (laughs) Because I feel like small businesses get overlooked so much. um, And there are so many unique things that kind of go into when you own your own business. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the different financial considerations for those listeners who are self-employed, or even those who are thinking of becoming self-employed? If you don't like numbers, and you're
2: not good at managing numbers in your personal life, I would say the biggest thing is that you have to get comfortable with those numbers if you want to survive and thrive and running your small business. Um, So it doesn't go away uh, when you start a small business. But you don't need to be an expert like a CPA. So there's no no need to worry that you need to be some accounting expert to survive or get an MBA, but really is making sure that you understand the numbers. And so you can understand what changes you need to do to make or break the business.
1: So when you say numbers, what exactly do you mean? What numbers should should any of our listeners who are considering this path or on this path to be looking at great question so sales is the one that number that
2: most people think of and they they think that as long as they're bringing in sales that they're doing fine but really it comes down to the expenses so when you factor in the expenses and factor in how much you want to pay yourself or and pay contractors or employees it's really the most important number is your um, your profit
1: what kinds of expenses should people be looking at or thinking about when, say, sit down and you know I'm ready to tackle my books, so let me look at these expenses. What am I looking for?
2: So you want to look at your monthly obligations. So those are things that you've already signed up for and you're going to have to pay whether or not you've made a sale or not. So those are things like tools, right? Like if you've signed up for Office 365 or FreshBooks or QuickBooks, anything that you're just obligated to go ahead and pay because you've signed up a subscription. Um, The one that most people tend to forget are the yearly expenses. So there's a lot of tools out there that will give you discounts if you sign up and you pay annually. So a lot of times those are gotchas because all of a sudden, you know, come October and you don't realize that you had a $150 bill that you just got auto debited. Um, So that's probably a big one. And then really some expenses in terms of yearly expenses that might not be Obvious, but things that are going to be good for business owners to do are things like attending conferences or if they need to buy new equipment to take their business to the next level or coaches or even, you know, courses. So anything that's going to help them grow their business, those are things that a lot of folks don't tend to think of and budget throughout the year. Do
1: you recommend somebody say sits down either who's in their business currently and literally just make a list, look at their past and try and think of every single expense that they could possibly have or have had and just list them all out?
2: Yes, absolutely. I just did this exercise with a client last week. He he was having a hard time um, telling me how much he was committed to on a monthly basis, what his expenses were. So we pulled his QuickBooks report and he went through and looked at what were the reoccurring charges and they they were significantly higher than he thought to the point where we looked at what his monthly obligations were and what his average sales were per month. And he didn't realize he was at negative. He, wow. was, yeah, he was short about five grand a month. So here he was thinking, you know, 200,000 in sales plus a year. So he thought he was doing great. But really when it comes down to all the obligations that he's paying for on a monthly basis or even yearly basis, right? Um, and then fine. once he pays all that, he's actually at negative.
1: No way. So does that happen yeah. a lot?
2: It does, uh, I would say almost 90% of my clients don't even realize it. And again, it's tools, right, that they signed up for. Maybe they signed up for some tool because some you know somebody told them it was a must have. And then all of a sudden they signed up for it and they forget about it and they don't even use it anymore. But it's still, it's those like $10 charges, those $15 charges, it just starts all adding up. And when you're super busy and you're not looking at the finances, you just kind of forget about those things. Um, so yes, we listed all his expenses and he realized that he needed to go back through and start cutting some expenses and start canceling some subscriptions
1: so as you said that sylvia i'm laughing so hard because i literally just got charged for the premium subscription of voxer and i had a moment where i was like oh i forgot about that yes (laughs) it's stuff like that so i had to go back in and cancel it and i i haven't done that so as you're talking i just wrote voxer (laughs) yes (laughs) And that's where I'll tell my clients,
2: I'm like, if you sign up for something that's a yearly expense, like go ahead and put it in your calendar like a month in advance from like when it's going to renew and put in a put a reminder for yourself that says reevaluate and decide whether or not you're going to cancel it um, so that you don't get surprised.
1: That's a phenomenal tip. I just it seems so logical, but I never thought of doing that. And I'm going to. That's, that's so good. That's very smart, Sylvia. (laughs) You're like, that's a no brainer. Why are you not doing that? (laughs) No, it's all the
2: obvious, right? Like it's everyone, we think it's obvious, but when we're running around trying to do our business, you know, you're, you don't have a plan of putting all your expenses or your obligations all one place.
1: It's just easy for these things to slip. It's so true. So we also have a lot of listeners who are sort of, they're hoping to transition from a full-time nine-to-five job to running their own business. And I hear a lot of questions of how do I financially plan in maybe the year leading up to that and during the transition period because you don't have all this data? So for anybody that knows that they want to start
2: a business, I would say start saving money up now, right? Like start saving up a business fund that you're going to use to start your business. Because most small business owners, they actually run out of cash before they, you know, can actually take off with their business. Um, there's so many business owners that I see that have to close up shop because they didn't plan for those unexpected expenses or uh, you know, the didn't account for those slow months. And all of a sudden they just they have to close up shop because they don't have enough cash. So definitely to go ahead and start saving, you know, if you've got $200 extra per month that you can squeeze out of your personal budget, start saving that aside and putting that into a separate savings account so that you've got that when you're ready to launch
1: your business. How do you propose during that transition period? Um, Do you use that money? Or what do you say once the person's made the decision, they've said, I'm ready to go, they quit their job. Do they use that money for their business to live? Yeah, no, I would
2: use that business to for the business, right? Like it's almost like the business emergency fund. So just like for your personal life, you a lot of financial experts will say, save three to six months for your personal life in case you have you know unexpected large expenses. I would actually use that for the business. Got um, it.
1: That makes yeah. a lot of sense. When you're sitting down and we've just started our business, let's say, what are some points that an entrepreneur should consider or be aware of for their business, like an expense that may be a surprise? And how is that sort of different from financial planning for your personal life? Good question. So in
2: terms of what to consider you know, for when you're transitioning over, one, you need to figure out how much money you need to be making in your business, right? Like how much do you need the business to be paying you? So what's your owner's draw that you're going to pay yourself and be able to quit your regular nine to five job and be able to focus hundred percent on the business. Some of the surprises, I would say the biggest one is support. I think a lot of it is if you're not sure, you know, what, what your business, what's going to be involved to Take off in your business. There's a lot of things like virtual assistants or service providers that you may not realize upfront that you're going to need. And you know, a lot of small business owners will tell me, "Oh, well, I'm small. I'm going to start off small. I'm going to do, you know, it's going to be home-based business." But as they get successful, they don't they don't build in the support that they're going to need, whether it's virtual assistant, a graphics designer, a web developer, and all of a sudden they've you know they've priced their products in a way that they can't. They're not making a margin because they haven't accounted for. Um, hiring service providers.
1: We actually learned that the hard way in our business because we, it wasn't that we didn't price it correctly. We sort of never thought about scaling in the beginning. I feel like a lot of times entrepreneurs or small business owners start this service or a product or whatever the case may be thinking, well, I'm cool if we're just, if it's just me, but then things grow quickly. And all of a sudden you're needing to scale and it's really important and helpful to be set up for it in that way. So I I think that's really great advice. Really? And it is, it is hard to know what to expect. So my biggest thing is seek
2: out mentors, right? And seek out people who are in your line of business and just talk with them, ask them, you know, Hey, what were some of your gotchas? What were some big expenses that you didn't anticipate? You know, I had one client who, um, her, she does a mobile, um, business pet grooming business and her entire truck truck was broken and she couldn't, that was an entire week worth of sales that she couldn't bring in because her one huge equipment was broken.
1: Oh, so things like that. Yeah. That's brutal. It's like when someone's website goes down.
2: Yes. Oh, websites. Yes. (laughs) Good hosting is a big one. I, I will say that, you know, if you're if people can't get to your website, then there's no point that, of having a website. So making sure that's probably one thing that I didn't learn either. At the very beginning, I thought, oh, well, you know, a hosting site five, 10 bucks should be good enough. And really, if you want to have a good website and have people come to your website, you need to pay a little bit more.
1: Ah We just talked about that in, in a previous episode. So it sounds like we are on the same page hosting is I mean, people jump off your website so quickly, even if it runs a little bit slow. So there's a lot of competition out there. There is. Is there any kind of recommendation or a good sort of rule of thumb for saving versus taking a a distribution or paying yourself? How much money should business owners save or have for those emergencies like your website's down or your truck breaks?
2: Great question. I think it depends if you're a service-based business right? Or if you're like a brick and mortar or have a huge lease that you're having to pay on a monthly basis, or if you're very inventory intensive. So, you know, for small, for service-based business owners who may may not have a lot of monthly obligations, um, especially if they're a home-based business, I typically recommend, you know, between one to three months of savings, right? So again, it's anticipating anything that could be broken in the business um, that needs to be fixed, or even let's say you have a life event and you all of a sudden have to take off two weeks because you've got somebody that's sick in the family and you can't bring in sales, right? I think that's one that a lot of folks kind of don't, Don't anticipate is if they have family members that need their help, and all of a sudden they shut down their business for two weeks or more. And then for someone who's a brick and mortar, who's got you know a two thousand dollar lease that they have to pay for, and they're committed for you know let's say they're in a five five year lease. I mean that's to me that's very risky. So for me, I would say you know definitely have at least six months worth of savings to make sure you can cover that.
1: So a lot of our particularly service professionals, or even professionals that provide goods, Um, businesses can be cyclical. I know in the blogging world, everyone talks about Q4. (laughs) We're all so busy. So how do you plan financially when maybe you have a busy season, and maybe you have a slow season? Great question. So
2: for that, I again, I would say you start off with a budget and estimate out all your monthly and yearly obligations, right? And so total all that up and figure out how much are you committed to be spending on a yearly basis, and then divide that by 12. And then make sure that every month, if you're bringing in extra that you're covering that you're moving that aside into a separate savings account. Um so I always tell every all my business owners to have at least three bank accounts. So one that's a checking account just for their operating expenses, um the second one for their taxes, and then the third one for their savings. So moving over anything on a monthly basis that they've got overage um because they had a really great month so that they're putting that aside into that separate savings account so they're not touching it.
1: Oh, that's great advice. And you you advise us in the business as well? Yes, absolutely. And personal too, I would imagine if you're paying yourself um as yes. a Oh, That's, that's good advice. It's funny. I do that personally, but I guess I never thought about the, that on a business perspective, you're making me think Sylvia. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, is- so yeah,
2: because when it's all sitting in one pot, you think like, oh, well some great, let's say course comes up, right? Like somebody you get on a free webinar and somebody says, Hey, if you sign up for this $1,000 course, you know, um, act now today, you got you know, you can get X, Y, Z results in your business. It can be easy to say, oh, I can afford that online course if all that money is sitting in your, your main checking account in your one checking account. But if you've already moved over money to the side, because you know that, you know, let's say, you know, certain months are going to be slow or, you know, you know that you've, you're saving up for some big equipment when you're, when it's not in the same pot that you can see, you can clearly see how much money you really have to play with and can invest in other
1: things. That is smart. So along those lines with savings, do you ever recommend that people go into debt for their business? And if so, when is an appropriate time or a time you see where it would make sense? Okay, so I'm going to be honest, I am not a huge fan of going into debt to start a business. And again, that's
2: mainly for the fact that most businesses fail due to the lack of cash. So if you're already not starting on a solid foundation, because you're starting the business, um, you know, in debt, starting from day 0 It's just that much harder to be successful and be profitable.
1: I think that's a really good point. I am fairly debt adverse myself. So I was kind of curious what someone who is, you know, in this every day and sees it, how they felt about that as well.
2: Yeah, I have a great example for that one, actually. It's one I share when I do seminars. So I had a client who she was in debt. And so she was starting her business to try to get out of debt but again she didn't have any cash to leverage um to and so she was very well known in her specific field she was getting you know assignments to go get, deliver these leadership workshops throughout the whole country and there was one in New York City that was going to pay her i mean something ridiculous like 10 grand for the day and i mean would have completely been a game changer for her business but they asked her to pay for her hotel and flight up front and they would reimburse her after the workshop was over You know, mind you, she's again, she's in debt. Her personal life's in debt. Her business, she's got zero dollars and she couldn't afford to buy a plane ticket and front up the hotel cost to go take the, take the assignment and get 10 grand because she couldn't, she couldn't, she didn't have money. She didn't have $200 to get on an airplane or a couple hundred dollars for the hotel. Again, that's where it's just unfortunate. If you don't have the cash, it can severely limit your business.
1: Oh, wow. That is a compelling argument against debt. (laughs) For sure. yes so that must
2: have been hard oh, that my. was hard it was hard to because yeah. it was hard to see this business owner you know we were working together and she was you know she had a lot of great opportunities but all of the clients that she was you know being pitched to there were all these big Corporate companies and a lot of times corporate companies aren't willing to pay you up front for the the jobs. They're going to pay you after or they have their own cycles for when they're going to cut checks. And she just didn't have that flexibility to front the money and wait, you know, two, three weeks for them to reimburse her. And so it was just sad for her to like have these opportunities like be presented and she couldn't take action on them.
1: Yeah, that is tough. I have one other question. Um, before we wrap up, you have given some unbelievable tips. Do you have any tools that you use, whether they're online, they're apps, whatever the case may be that are helpful for people in financial planning? So
2: I use, I mean, I use Google Excel honestly, for just writing down the budgets and just looking at all the th- different tools or different expenses that I'm going to spend on my on my business but in terms of accounting and invoicing I, I use freshbooks and I recommend almost every any almost all service based business owners that's pro- that's probably the most extensive tool that you're going to need um I know a lot of people get scared using QuickBooks, but they hear, oh, well, everybody has QuickBooks and they think that's the must, you know, that you have to use QuickBooks. Um, I've had so many small business owners tell me that they've been paying for QuickBooks for over three years and they've never opened it because it's too daunting. But then I switch them over to FreshBooks and all of a sudden it's more intuitive. They actually understand the numbers. They like seeing the numbers. And so they're using that tool. So I'd say FreshBooks is probably my number one that tool for small business owners to use um, because one you can invoice customers and be able to give them an easy way to pay you and be able to track whether or not they've opened the invoice. so if they don't open it you can you know that you can follow up with them and then it's an easy way for them to pay you online.
1: That is great Sylvia, thank you so much for answering these questions. you gave such great advice. Um, we do have a couple of rapid fire questions that we ask to all of our guests. Do you have a couple more minutes to answer them? Yes, I do. Awesome. So these are our fun ones because we just we just talked about a lot of financial stuff. So <laughs> let's go a little bit lighter now. All right, coffee or tea? Tea. Oh, awesome. I'm a coffee girl myself, and we we always like to see who uh, who does what. What's well, your... I used to like
2: coffee, so I used to like coffee, and I had to had had to make myself quit.
1: Ah, so, yes,
2: <laughs> because I wasn't drinking enough. I wasn't drinking enough water to combat the coffee, like the caffeine and dehydration. So then I was just drinking more and more coffee throughout the day because I felt tired.
1: But it was really just because I was dehydrated. That's so true. I actually limit myself as much as I love coffee. So that's funny. What is your favorite book? Uh, the Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Ah, yes. That is a popular answer
2: here. Well, I didn't realize I was the blijer type. Ever since I figured that out, that has been like a game changer for me.
1: A lot of people love that book and really have found it to be so helpful. What was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business? Uh, I bought my MacBook Pro laptop. Yes, I'm a Mac girl. So that leads us to Apple or PC.
2: (laughs) So Apple, but running on a Windows platform, though. What? (laughs) That's the (laughs) first time anyone's ever said that. I did go I did spend 10 years in IT consulting. So corporate world and Windows were like hand in hand. So it's hard to give up the the Windows platform. I didn't even know you could do that. I have an IT uh, husband. So he gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Do you have a word for the year? Focus. Very good. Now tell everyone where they can find you, please.
2: Yes, my website is smifinancialcoaching.com. I also have a book URL, which is smallbusinessfinancebook.com. I'm on Facebook, SMI Financial Coaching. LinkedIn is at SMI Financial. And then my book is also on Amazon. It's called Small Business Finance for the Busy Entrepreneur.
1: Wonderful. And we'll drop all those links in the show notes too. Thank you again for taking the time, Sylvia. You gave us some awesome information.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Jamie. Jamie, that was awesome. She had so many good tips. And I think what you said at the beginning was so true. Not enough people are talking about financial planning from this perspective. I think that we hear so much about, I quit my job or, you know, take these deductions that there's a lot that gets lost. And she really, really just it's all good. (laughs) So many good tips.
1: Yeah, she's a great resource. Um, She was really fun to talk to as well. So I definitely think um, everyone should check her out. We're going to drop all of, like I said, we'll drop all of her links in the show notes. Um, And we would love to hear from you in the Businesses HQ all about your best financial planning tip, because I am always looking for an amazing financial planning tip. If you are not a member of the HQ, you can find us at businesses.com
0: for show notes for this episode, you can go to businessescom slash episode 60. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BusinessEase Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you on our Facebook group, the Businesses HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week.